Hi y'all, it's Seasons, a year of movies. I'm Emma. I'm, uh, Grace. <laughs> yep. And welcome to our new season. We are watching Miyazaki movies this time around. Yeah, the, the entire filmography of Hayao Miyazaki, mm-hmm. plus Whisper of the Heart. Yes. Uh, and for this episode, we watched uh, the first movie that he ever directed, which was The Castle of Cagliostro. Yeah, Lupin Third, mm-hmm. um, based off the the beloved manga by mm-hmm. Monkey Punch. Um, I think actually passed away like this year. Oh. Um, so. Yeah, I know basically nothing about. Yeah, the I franchise. know. I know a little bit more than you, but not a whole lot, which um, I think, I don't know if it's going to hamper our discussion of this movie, but it is, it is going to change it. Just be aware of it. Yeah. Um, so again, if you're a, yeah. a super fan of Lupin the Third. Yeah. I know that, uh, so yeah, shout outs to, I think M of Abnormal Mapping has been getting into Lupin. I've seen them post about it a couple times recently, so nice. maybe they can. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they listen to this, and it's fine if they don't, but like, uh, but maybe they can help us out here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, we've both seen this movie before. Oh, I forgot that you had seen it before. Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, I watched it at a friend's house. Ooh, I'm getting old. <laughs> like, ten years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this movie a couple times. I think... I think I just checked out from the library one time because I was like, oh, Miyazaki made this, mm-hmm. um, like, after reading about it or something. And then I think I invited some friends over to watch it mm-hmm. because it's like a, you know, like, I, I don't know, a lot of people my age, like, when I was in high school and stuff, were into Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. But this is also, like, one that, you know, people don't know. Yeah. Um, well, it's also not a Ghibli movie, but that's yeah. part of the thing, right? <laughs> exactly. People don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, so we can kind of start in on the recap and mm-hmm. then hopefully what we we'll remember to do are likes and yikes <laughs> before just diving in yes um but basically the movie starts with with a casino heist mm-hmm. a successful casino heist and yes. lupin and his friend uh i think it's g-gun g-gun yeah run off with a lot of money a car full of cash mm-hmm. and then lupin realizes it's counterfeit mm-hmm. it's not real yeah um and so they throw it all away which actually always Cause like, cause G-Gun's like, this is like, we got this from a government casino. Like, how can <laughs> this be counterfeit? Um, and you know, it's like, well, yeah, if it's like that good of a counterfeit, yeah. can't you just use it? Like, aren't you good? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I mean, they're I think like. it's the principle. Yeah. Like, the fact that he knows it's counterfeit, like, he's not going to use that. Yeah, no. yeah. No, it's. I think you're, I think you're right. Like there is. Yeah, Lupin's Lupin's a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> a scholar. <laughs> yeah, in a certain in a certain sense. So, but this reminds Lupin of his time, in, um, it's not called Cagliostro. It's like um, I don't remember what the land is. I think it is. Is the, it the sign on the gate? Like oh, when is they're it? Ent- okay. When they check the passports. yeah. Either way, it's because well, it's also the family, right? It's, yeah. The family is also Cagliostro, so that's maybe what's tripping me up. Um, but basically Lupin remembers, uh, this, you know, this nation that's like, has notoriously this really incredible counterfeiting scheme, mm-hmm. but, um, nobody's uncovered, but nobody's it. uncovered it. It's like, you know, this big international conspiracy. And so he's like, okay, this is our next job. Like, we're going to go figure this out. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and we get there. I feel like this is hard for me. <laughs> anyway, we get there yeah, and Lupin. Yeah. Anyway, and Lupin's like gonna scope out the the castle. Right. Well, well, I mean, before that. Yeah. Before he ever gets to the castle, he sees. Oh, that's right. Okay, sees, there's a car chase. Yeah. yeah. There's a big old car chase. There's a big old car chase. So he uh, sees. Yeah. He this sees... woman in a wedding dress <laughs> driving a car, and being chased by suits. Mm-hmm. And so he helps car her out. Thugs. Yeah. Helps her out. There's this really fun. Uh, car chase mm-hmm. and he saves her life um but uh ends up getting stolen away but she leaves behind mm-hmm. a ring that has this like goat crest on it yes. it's like the symbol of Cagliostro. yeah that's how he knows to go to the castle right um that's right because he goes to like the old ruin mm-hmm. right yeah oh wait something all right there's some interesting stuff with like technology and old mm-hmm. stuff in this movie um so, anyway, so he's kind of going around town and, you know, trying to figure things out. And they stay at this inn, but they also know that, like, people are going to come for them. Yeah. And these, like, nin- super creepy ninja oh, assassins so show up. Good. They're very cool. They're so good. Um, and they're just kind of like, yeah, it, it's, like, actually, like, some other Mizaki stuff that shows up later visually. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got these, like, metal hands that are pointy. And they're just, like, attacking Lupin. So it's just an action sequence where they're, like, fighting these ninjas. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what happens right after that before they like make the plan to go to the castle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, good question. I watched this movie last uh, night. Yeah, I, uh, there's probably some cuts of Fujiko, <laughs> Fujiko in the castle. I don't know what happens. Oh yeah, it, I, I just it don't. Cuts to her throughout. Right. Well, and there's there's a scene where the count's like I think he talks with the butler guy. Mm-hmm. So there's the this evil count. Or oh, there's evil count yeah. who's like in charge, mm-hmm. right? And b- basically, what's going on to sort of get to the high level is that he's trying to marry yes. the the princess, right? Mm-hmm. And he's part of this sort of like noble family, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But he's like the shadowy side that's like been like running everything, right? Doing all the dirty work, yeah. doing the assassinations, and like doing the money counterfeiting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the princess's side of the family has been, like, the public-facing, mm-hmm. right? The, like, you know, more traditional sort of monarchy yeah. structure, right? Mm-hmm. And so he basically, like, so he wants to get both these rings yes. so he can... Unlock um, a treasure. Unlock a treasure, right? Because he's, he's got a ring that's, like, light, and it's got the same goat on it. It's, like, mm-hmm. yellow, and she's got a ring that's blue mm-hmm. that now Lupin has, right? Um, anyway... And so, um, and he also wants to, like, consolidate power, basically, and mm-hmm. become, like, the official monarch yeah. of Cagliostro. Yes. So, I think what happens after the assassins show up is, I think that's when, like, the butler comes back to the count. And yeah. he's like, oh, like, they didn't get him. And that's when they find the card on his back. Right. Which brings Zenigata to the country. Right, so Zenigata is this Interpol mm-hmm. guy who's, like, pursuing Lupin yep. actively. that's, like, his job. Right. <laughs> um, and so he shows up, and the thing is, the, the Count doesn't want him there, mm-hmm. but they, like, don't, they're sort of trying to be sneaky about it, and so they, they let him stay. Yeah, um, make make life difficult. Right, him. try to make life difficult for him. Um, anyway, so then Lupin and his co-conspirators... 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this sort of samurai ronin type who mm-hmm. shows up. His name is Gomon. Yeah, that's right, Gomon. That's also, yeah, Gomon the Mystical Ninja, mm-hmm. which is a video game franchise from the 90s. Nice. Um, uh, <laughs> ah! So. <laughs> it's hard. Um, I feel like this movie, like, there's a lot it's, have- it's simple to watch, but no, like. Trying to remember. Yeah, the plot's it. really fast paced too. Yeah. It's like very. There's a lot. Anyway, yeah. they. Well, so yeah, they make a plan to go in mm-hmm. and basically loop in like I don't. We don't need to go through like every beat of what happens when he's in the castle. Yeah. Um, but he makes his way to the princess mm-hmm. and uh, gives her back the ring and like they sort of have this touching moment. And it's also clear at this point that like Lupin knows her somehow, has mm-hmm. met her before. Yeah. Right. Um. And then, you know, the Count shows up and, and gets the ring back, but it's a fake ring and it explodes. Well, because yeah. well, he, like, sends Lupin through a trap door. Yeah. So he's, like, mm-hmm. gone, and then he's like, I've got the ring, and right. it's like a joke ring, you know. Lupin's right. laughing at him. And so Lupin ends up below the thing, and earlier in the escapades in the castle, <laughs> um, the Interpol guy. Yes. Is also down there. Mm-hmm. And they sort of make a truce. Mm-hmm. So, like, once they get out of the castle, they'll, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so the, the Count sends some assassins down to kill him, but they trick him. And they yeah. get their suits. And, it's very good. Yeah, <laughs> and they, like, kind of make their way back out. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember, what's the whole set piece <laughs> after that? <laughs> the whole other um, thing. This is when Fujiko, like, shows up, shows up, right? Because she's... Yes. Yeah, because I... Oh, man. Yes. Wow, we're I having th- a rough time with this. <laughs> we are. Um. So I think what happens is they, like, get out, and then, like, Zeni, Zenigata gets, like, the plane. Right. He's flying around. But, like, Lupin gets Clarice. We haven't said... The princess's name is Clarice. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he, like... Yeah, he, they basically he try Clarice. to rescue her, mm-hmm. and so... And then uh, the... Goemon and who's the other guy's name? Jigan. Jigan. They both like go and like are helping him out and like, and they're trying to get away in the mm-hmm. in the ship. Um, but the count like grabs the princess. Yeah, and like and shoots Lupin. Shoots Lupin, right? Mm-hmm. And so he gets like super wounded, mm-hmm. right? And um, and the princess is still kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And so and they have like five days till the count's gonna get married to Clarice. Yeah. Um, and so. Lupin then reveals, so they basically he's recovering, mm-hmm. right? They like get him, you know, going on and crew, get him away. He's recovering. And he's like, hey, when I was like a young punk thief, I came here to try to find the secrets of the counterfeiting and got my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And then the princess like found me and yes. kind of like nursed tiny me back baby to child. Tiny, yeah, <laughs> like like a seven year old girl or yeah. whatever, right? Maybe ten. She's very little. Yeah, and he's he's like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I guess you don't, I don't know. I don't know how old Lupin is at that point. He He looks pretty much the same. Yeah, he does. He never ages. (laughs) Eternal. Um, Um, But yeah, but she like helped him out. Anyway, um, so then they they make a new plan. Mm -hmm. Basically, Lupin sneaks in to the place. Well, okay, so we forgot this part because, um, so with Zenigata. Yeah. um, So that's also part of the plot. Yeah. um, Because... Uh, oh, that's right. Well, Fujiko does yeah. this on her on her own. Oh, we haven't talked about Fujiko at all. <laughs> so Fujiko is a friend of Lupin's who's disguised herself as like a secretary in the castle, mm-hmm. 
and then she like busts out her like full camo outfit it's incredible and like helps lupin out but she's Mm kind of got her own agenda yeah right yeah because i think i think she's also trying to figure out like the counterfeiting yes yeah um so zenigata like sees all the printing presses with lupin as they're like escaping and he's like i like need evidence like i have to i have to like right and like take care of this he talks to interpol about it and basically like we don't want to touch this like this is such a touchy international situation yeah like we can't do anything about this counterfeiting scheme yeah or like like, or you certainly can't yeah and he's a true policeman so he's like this injustice will not stand or you know whatever um and stuff. So yeah, that's part of it. Lupin sneaks into the wedding as the archbishop. Yes. And Fujiko and Zenigata. Well, Fujiko <laughs> sneaks it. She's like a like, TV reporter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zenigata busts in, you know, pretending to be like on the hunt for Lupin. But really, he's like, what's this trap door? Yeah. <laughs> what are all these printing presses? <laughs> it's, um, it's so funny. Okay, with with uh, Fujiko in tow, you know, yeah. recording it all. Right. Um, anyway, and so Lupin and uh, the cat, there's this big, like, kind of chase sequence mm-hmm. on, on the on the gears in this tower yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Count, like, chasing after him and Clarice. And then she, like, the Count gets Clarice, and Lupin has both rings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'll give you both the rings, and, like, I'll show you what to do mm-hmm. if you, you know, give me Clarice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Count's like, okay, like, put the rings down, and Lupin puts the rings down, and he shoots Lupin and grabs the rings. And I think, does Clarice, like, try to tussle with him and then fall, or does he, like, push her off? Well, I feel like Is there I'm another... trying to remember. I don't know that he like shoots him here because I feel like Clarice falls first because then there's like a shot of Lupin like swimming through the air, like trying to catch up to her. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, either way, Lupin and Clarice they, fall down. They fall into this big old lake. Right. And he puts the, he finds his like little goat eyes Mm -hmm. and puts the rings in there and it's going to be the treasure, but it's on this big clock face, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the clock arms just like crush him basically like. It's like a little squish. Yeah, it's very, (laughs) it's like, yeah, like it's a very wide (laughs) shot. You don't get like, it's not gruesome up close, but it's. um, Anyway, and then he, and the treasure is revealed to be this like Roman ruin that was flooded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, by the Romans, like an ages past, and so mm-hmm. it's like it's. I think it's cool because it's like this, like treasure that is not like you can't sell or can't like bestow wealth upon yeah. you. Really, Lupin's right? Lupin's like, I can't put this in my pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and clear, Lupin and Clarice are both fine. He's like, and they're just mm-hmm. you know chilling out, right? And then Clarice is like, "Take me with you. I want to be a thief." And Lupin's like, "Nope. <laughs> you can't be like me because I'm." bad and you're like a cool princess and also you're like 10 years younger than me (laughs) or whatever (laughs) so i just Uh, wanted to help you out yeah um and so he leaves with interpol in pursuit Mm -hmm. and her like presumably going on to live a fulfilling life as a monarch is (laughs) yeah fujiko has stolen the plates right for the counterfeiting yes yeah um 
That's how she's riding on her motorcycle, and I love her. And <laughs> yeah, she's the best. yeah. Well, I was like, so Fujiko in this, um, if you're familiar with Lupin at all, she's like super, like hyper sexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, it in like the comics and the anime and stuff, and like I don't want to comment on like how that's handled and everything else because like I have no idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I hear good things about the anime series. It's about her. This mm-hmm. is called like Legend of Fujiko Mine, but I have mm-hmm. not watched it. Um. Anyway, and she, uh, and this is like, she's, I mean, she's just like wear, like she doesn't wear like low cut clothes or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like she's always wearing like full body, like dresses or suits or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when I first watched this movie, I was like, man, they really like made Fujiko like less hot. And that's absolutely not true. (laughs) She's so hot. (laughs) She is very hot. It's just in a completely different way. Yeah. (laughs) It's very good. Anyway. um, Yeah. So Grace, what are... What's your like and yike? Yeah, so my like is there's one point after the car chase when Lupin and Clarice are like hanging from this wire that he threw mm-hmm. off a cliff and he's just got a little belt <laughs> that the like rope thing is attached to mm-hmm. and he just like pulls out a lever <laughs> and just like winds it yeah. and so the rope like descends and it's just my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's very cute. Yeah, it's just cute. And, like, I mean, there's something about, like, this movie is just so expressive. And mm-hmm. it's, you can sort of see, like, this is not the level of budget and, like, animation, mm-hmm. like, ability that, um, I mean, not ability. Ability is the wrong word because it's such a gorgeous movie in so yeah. many ways. But just, like, it's just more limited, right? The smaller team, mm-hmm. less time, presumably. Oh, um, yeah, no, I was looking into that. I think it was seven months between, like, the day they, like, started, like, the script and storyboards and when it was released wow, in japan that's incredible yeah Yikes. i think it was like five months of that like was production right yeah anyway <laughs> so that's like yeah so you can tell you can see the edges of it right mm-hmm. um but it's just so expressive and like uses like you know pretty much every frame like very deliberately mm-hmm. and so you have these like really just like and like lupin has this little like self can like self-satisfied face as he's like <laughs> <laughs> winding his little machine yeah um it's yeah cute anyway so my yike i don't know if this is bad exactly but well it's kind of bad i don't know so basically when when clarice is like hey take me with you i want to be a, a thief lupin like starts to tug her mm-hmm. and is like nope i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna do it because i mean i think the point is that lupin's kind of a skis you know yeah. and like part of him is like tempted by the idea of taking this like young girl who you can easily manipulate mm-hmm. you know with him and he like chooses not to because you know it's like not the right thing to do i don't know it's just kind of creepy mm-hmm. like i i get why it's in the movie and like i i understand and also i think even monkey punch like said about this is something i read on wikipedia like years ago so i don't know if it's true mm-hmm. but the monkey punch said like oh this isn't a good lupin movie he's not he's like too nice yeah <laughs> like not a scoundrel no i i I read the same thing (laughs) yeah but like yeah it just is a little like kind of weird yeah how about your yike which is also clarice oh clarice i mean we're gonna talk about clarice yeah like these are are. small things um yeah so my yike is like the literal way she's drawn like um in some scenes she's fine but like it's, like, cool because, like, every, every like, character in here, like, has, like, 
like these different bodies and like ways that they move and everything and like mm-hmm. it feels like very deliberate yeah. um and then like sometimes when Clarice is like on the screen she like looks like a mistake yeah. like she's so tiny and like so like wispy and like she just looks faint um and like yeah. that's like speaks to like how she's characterized um or not characterized yeah. in this movie but like it was it was kind of just like painful to look at sometimes right well i also wonder like how much of i mean i guess the count has a pretty i think it doesn't it say story by monkey punch isn't this based on like a uh i'm not sure okay anyway because the thing is like so many of the character designs like all of sort of lupin's True. like crew they already people, like existed. they already existed right and, and clarice's maybe didn't mm-hmm. um like i can't confirm that yeah but it is like yeah like it's very like like, like an afterthought. Yeah, well, it's like it's like princess you would see like at at like the generic brand of party stuff at Smith's or whatever <laughs> at your local grocery store. Yeah, you know, it's just like oh, you go to the party and there's like a bag and it's just got like a princess on it. Yeah, and like that's Clarice, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, anyways, that was my yike. Um, my like, oh, my like is Carl. Yeah, <laughs> Clarice's dog. He's just this big, grumpy dog, and he's very cute. Yeah, he's a big black dog. And I love him. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess the first thing I'm going to say is this movie is just a real, just a real fun time. This movie's so fun. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the way we described it, kind of, like, it's it's so much more fun yeah. to watch. Right, well, and so much of it's in these, like, very small beats i mean maybe we should pivot to doing more like a, a let's two let's watch two movies where they like break down every scene but <laughs> um but like and yeah, i think that the format like that would make this movie come off like better i think just because yeah. it's like well yeah and so, every beat is just so funny and so strong and i, I mean like. i feel like the like truly like it is a holistic experience like the like, the movie is enjoyable to watch, like, because there are funny, like, visual gags that we, like, you know, yeah. didn't explain. You right, know? yeah. And, like, the visual gags are, like, matched perfectly with the soundtrack. And, yeah. like, you know, and stuff. And so it's, like, so, it's, like, a lovely experience to just, like, experience it rather than, like, you know, talk. <laughs> like, you know, just right. say, like, the basic plot. Yeah, but I'm sure, like, I, I, something I wrote, like, at the very beginning, I was like, this movie is so, like, Tumblr gifable. I'm like, I, it's true, like, I've seen, like, there's this opening sequence where it's, like, Lupin and traveling to Cagliostro. Oh, with the background? With just like the, the sunsets yes. and, like, and it's just, like, it's so, like, 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 oh, vacation goals. Like, it's just <laughs> so, like, pretty and nice. And, like, so much, like, this is just a movie that's so, like, aesthetically deliberate mm-hmm. um i mean it's kind of difficult to like talk about like yeah. um but it's just like so yeah it's yeah it's pretty even like you talked about like the animation like there's like you know flaws or like it's choppy yeah. you know or things but it's like it's still so beautiful it really and, like, is yeah expressive and like all their facial expressions are like incredible they do like yeah. Like, so much is communicated just through, like, you know, like, eyes and mouths. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, comics. <laughs> it's like drawings. Right, yeah. Um, no, but it's so, like, I mean, I, there's a scene where uh, Lupin and um, 
I keep forgetting the his friend's name. Jigun. Jigun are like walking through the ruins, and like Jigun's got the hint that like Lupin's not telling him everything, right? Oh yeah. And Lupin like sits down to smoke. Ah, there's just there's so much that I really like. This scene is just so good. Mm-hmm. Lupin sits down like on this little. Um, it's like the you know like on like the side a of a staircase, a banister, yeah, to smoke, and Jigun like sits like right next to him, yeah, right like squishes super close, in. like squishes in, and then there's a shot of like a profile shot, and Lupin's got this like straight cigarette, mm-hmm. and Jigun's like all crumpled, mm-hmm. right, and then like Jigun like looks over at him again, like grabs him, and it's like, you're not telling me everything, right? And it's like, and it gets very comic and exaggerated, right? Where he's like, he's not just like giving me Indian burn, he's like twisting, yeah, his like I entire mean, like, body lifts around up him. like his leg, like, you, know? you know, over his shoulder, and the other's like down on the ground. Yeah, right, like it's super, but I think like even just that positioning, right, the way you start to see like the frictions between these two characters and how they like, like why they're friends, but also like how they sort of, Braced against each other, mm-hmm. and all that work is done visually, yeah. right? And it's just like, yeah, the movie's just filled with mm-hmm. this kind of like really just elegant yeah. visual language, yeah. right? Um, it's very good. It's very very good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking, of, we could talk about this. Sh- I mean, okay, mm-hmm. I think we should maybe get into. So there's a lot of things like, to be clear, like I don't think this movie like has a lot of like thematic content yeah like it, it really like I, I don't even i don't mean this in a bad way but it is just like oh this is just like a fun time mm-hmm. but you know it's also like got interpol in it and it's got like this monarchy yeah that's trying you know so it's mm-hmm. it's got it's got stuff it's got um, stuff there's this fantastic shot that's really great where mm-hmm. it's yes. like the count are just and he's got all his crew his like crew of nobles are all hanging out and and they're like having this big banquet, and then it like kind of cuts and pans down, and there's yeah, like outside all the castle. outside the castle in the rain, yeah. and there's like all these police interpol just like eating instant ramen out of like paper cups, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And like I think like I mean there's just uh, so much of this movie is also concerned with like positioning and location because mm-hmm. a lot of it takes place inside this one castle, mm-hmm. right? That's like literally built on this dungeon of like bones, right? Yeah. It's like not super subtle, right? <laughs> um, but like, I just think that like that shot communicates like this sort of class dynamic that's going on, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I don't think the movie like totally unpacks or like really works through. It's just kind of, yeah. but it's in the background of it a little bit, right? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, like this movie is so, um, I don't know, it's so fun. Like I can't say, but it's like, um, Eve, I feel like a lot of the parts where it, like, could say something more, I mean, it's like, yeah, like, Zenigata is a cop, and, like, you know, yeah, uh, right. we ourselves, not, not the biggest fans of cops. Yeah, that's um, one way to put it, I suppose. <laughs> sure. Uh, but, like, it's like, I don't care, because he's, like, so, like, like he's so angry all the time but it's like earnest it's yeah. not like upsetting it's no it's he's like he's so charming yeah in ways that are like oh. like he's such a he's such because like because lupin's so like affable and mm-hmm. just like easygoing yeah. and like i mean there's there's an edge to it because like he doesn't tell people things mm-hmm. right he's like got this sort of but um but takata zenigata zenigata man names are hard for me <laughs> anyway zenigata is just like all He's you like, know, yeah, just he's just like always in a half. What even like, even just like how like Lupin's so soft, right? Yeah. Like he's just very circular. 
and Zenigata's just like a big square. old square. <laughs> yeah, he's just one big old. He's got like this trench coat, right? Again, yeah. like how much this sort of visual yeah. stuff like communicates things about uh-huh. his characters, right? Um, yeah, I like going along with that. I think when it does like start to get to these like you know deeper things or whatever it's like always just implied right like the thing with right the shot like with the like the banquet contrasting like with the noodles i don't think it's not even i don't think it's even like framed like look at the difference but like right. you know it's just like it's just like there and like you can take something from it if you want um i was right. like thinking a lot about this because like the count is a bad dude um but like i feel like for me like the scariest thing that he does like the worst thing um, in the whole movie is, like, Clarice is sleeping and he, like, comes in and, like, looks at her and is, like, mad because she, like, escaped, you know, right, earlier. yeah. And he, like, kind of, like, reaches his hand, like, stretches his hand out, like, in a motion where it's, like, he could, like, strangle her or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, he doesn't, but, like, that's it. Like, and I was, like, right. oh, crap. Well, like, the movie gets scary. it gets into stuff because in the in the wedding scene, like it's imply. I mean, the Lupin outright says like she was drugged, yeah, so that like, she could not protest, yeah, right? But like we don't see that, right? Yeah. Except, so it's all this like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that also works. I think because like, I mean, yes. Well, we will get into like how. I mean, I don't know if Clarice is a problem for this movie, but she's just such a big nothing. Yeah. But like, I do think one thing that's nice about it is that it does not like the movie's not about like her just suffering yeah right and she is often like it's always like for lupin and not for herself she's always like oh, i want to save lupin and like help her out but she like is an agent and like yeah. acts and like does stuff right yeah um, and it's like yeah at least like you know, her, it's about like the avoidance of suffering you right know? it's like what I, I mean i also yeah. just really like that the reveal is that like, i mean like part and i think part of maybe this is part of why I like monkey punch was not into it because the big reveal with lupin is kind of like oh he just wants to do something nice for this person who did Helped something him. nice for him <laughs> yeah. right that it's just like kindness being repaid right mm-hmm. and he doesn't really get anything out of it yeah except having that kindness repaid right yeah having done that and like made something better for someone else right mm-hmm. and so like like the big, it's just like Lupin's just a big old softy, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, and I I just kind of like like it's 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 just kind of nice, mm-hmm. like I don't really, yeah, I mean because like, I like the movie does not do a good job of like avoiding like it plays out these things that it's like he, he is like romantically interested, you know, yeah. um and stuff it like when he's very flirtatious, <laughs> right? yeah, and stuff and like people like making comments you know about like oh like you're doing this you know for a woman or whatever right. mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. and so it's not like you know it like puts that idea in your head but then like thankfully at the end it's just like i want to help this girl yeah who is maybe not even an adult <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah well, I mean, that's one of the interesting things I think about this movie in in general is that like, I mean, and I think it's part of, I think we've talked a lot about how it's sort of suggestion mm-hmm. of like, and I also, yeah, I also like that, like, we don't see the like horrific violence that the state is like built on. Mm-hmm. Like Lupin talks about like, oh, the counterfeiting like fed, like, you know, fueled the Napoleonic Wars mm-hmm. and. And stuff like that. Or yeah, right? or like we see like the bones of people. Right, but we don't see that like people being killed. Yeah. Right? I mean, like a lot of he tries to kill a lot of people, right? But this, and I think a lot of that lends to the strength it gives 
the it gives it such a sense of menace without it being like too threatening, right? Yeah. And without it losing this sort of like light tone. Yeah, like it kind of. Um, I mean, like you could say it's like oh, it's like because it's a kids movie, but the way it comes off, it's like it doesn't feel like a kids movie, it doesn't right? Feel like like, a kids movie. like there is like this menace and stuff. Yeah, but, like just just because like you don't show. A yeah. horrific death, like, doesn't mean, like... Yeah, it's also, know, like... It's... I mean, yeah, to be clear, this is a movie I would feel totally okay showing to mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. Like, I don't think... Like, kids could definitely watch it, yeah. right? But, I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's, like, the intended audience of this movie Yeah, either. I would say it's it's just, like... Um, yeah. But I think in sort of cases, like... Because there's ways in which that also, like, obscures some of the stuff. I mean, I think one of the, inter- one of the weird things about it is, like... Um, it's kind of obviously like critical of monarchy, right? That like <laughs> yeah. the count um, is like this really menacing, like powerful figure who like uses and abuses people below him, mm-hmm. and like also like that. I mean, it's interesting because the the princess has power over Clarice has power over him because she's like part of this monarch. You know, she he mm-hmm. like kind of needs her, mm-hmm. but it's also like fraught and and, and also like, empty. Yeah, he doesn't really need her. Yeah, he, he just, just needs her ring yeah. that's been passed down <laughs> right yeah <laughs> anyway so it's like um but I, I feel like there's but there's also sort of idea what happens at the end of the movie is that the princess like oh the the good one mm-hmm. you know gets to be queen yeah right like mm-hmm. i mean no. yeah i don't think it's i don't again i'm not like I'm, i don't want to get after this movie for like not being this like hard line takedown of yeah of no like i just systems, i just think but. like it's interesting because i yeah. think it like it starts to get into some of that stuff because like there's the whole things it's like they're like from like this same royal family like just different parts but there's like the light side and the dark side and like right. this marriage is gonna like make them one um yeah. right and stuff and like the two rings and everything but um it's, like, weird because there's, like, a few times where the Count is, like, telling Clarice that it's, like, oh, like, you know, like, your family, like, did all the, like, horrible things, you Oh, that's know? right, and, yeah. And, like, it's mm-hmm. in your blood and stuff, but then, like, it's all him doing the bad stuff. Right. And, like, well, and there's also his like, side. Yeah, there's also, like, she does not, she is just so innocent, I right? mean, she literally came from a convent yeah like, right like it's right just like she's just like this movie. this like perfect image of purity right yeah. and so like she, she there's no way for her to like be like how do i reckon with or like yeah deal with like being part of this like evil system right yeah. and there's no like it's like they just really talk about like who are her parents or who well, yeah, cause like, they died that's yeah why that's why she was in the, the convent. convent yeah so it's just like so um yeah because i think there's like a really it, there's a part that i really like because like there's there's all these camera crews there to see the wedding right um and stuff and like i think like the guards or the butler like somebody's complaining like oh why are the, all these cameras here um and some and i think the butler says like oh you know the count wants the world to see that like this is a legitimate wedding Right. And then, of course, like, then we, like, cut into the church and, like, there's all these assassins, like, hiding. And it's, like, right. really cool. But, and there's like, also, like, those those flags which, like, mm-hmm. feel, like, look a lot like Nazi flags, right? It's, like, yes. red and black. And it's it's a cross symbol. Uh-huh. Not, not like a swastika or anything like that, yeah. right? But it's, like, it's no, it is, very much that imagery. Yeah, but, like, it would have been like interesting and cool and like that's it's like not what this movie is or like is trying to do but it's like you know if 
if it was the quote-unquote like light side who was like oh like let's have this legitimate wedding but like also of course we have our assassins right. it's like no it's like it's all just him <laughs> like yeah. you know it's it's the bad side doing the bad things right and like saying that the light is bad well no but... wait isn't he the light side though actually isn't doesn't he have the he's the light ring right no, well his ring is red and yellow right and, and her like ring blue is... and silver yeah um, but he talks about how his side was the shadowy side. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it like starts, I feel like, yeah, it like, there could have been really interesting things. Right. Um, but then. Yeah, and the, I mean, the movie's just not really concerned with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but it does bring it up. I it does bring worth. it up. It's, it's worth like, like it's talking in your through. blood, Clarice. And it's yeah. like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't it's think very, it is. It's very strange because it's like, yeah, you're one to talk, buddy. You know? <laughs> I know. She's done literally nothing. Yeah, and it's like also escape. weird because he's like, "Oh, like you're like you've fallen in love with this man. Like, of course you would." And it's yeah. like she's a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think I do think something that the movie does kind of get at, mm-hmm. um, especially with the reveal that the treasure is just like this ruin, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's this appeal to like interconnectedness kind of that like the gift the treasure of this land is something that can be like shared yeah with the world like a, a historical knowledge that can be gained by different people right mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not some it's not like a tr- you know funds that can be like bought up and used by someone else right and it's yeah. almost this like inverse of the of the money right of the money yeah manufacturing mm-hmm. um and so I do, I do think there is like yeah i mean it's not like a concrete political position or anything yeah. but there is a sort of appeal to the sense of like interconnectedness and like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, like it's I don't know. It's interesting that like I mean yeah, Interpol's not the moral center of this movie, <laughs> right? I mean they're not bad is mm-hmm. the thing like yeah, but um, but it's interesting how these characters are sort of like very like, international, like trans, you know they like travel across borders, mm-hmm. right? They're not yeah, you know. Do we uh? Well, I mean. We could just keep talking about Clarice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've said everything I want to say about. Yeah. Her. I don't know. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, her, her crush on Lupin's, like, relatable. Yeah. You know? No, it's, yeah. it's valid. Yeah. <laughs> Clarice is valid. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, no, I think, like, just something is, that's interesting is, yeah, because I think it's, like, supposed to be kind of like a twist that, like like Lupin's not into her like right he, he well, just he, like he is a little bit yeah yeah um but, but, but yeah. like I think it's supposed to be like a twist because it's like kind of like setting up all these things and he like you know again like it's very flirtatious and stuff but I was just thinking like if like like if Lupin were real like IRL he would be like so creepy yeah. and like awful um but it's just like so charming in this yeah. movie yeah well, I love that <laughs> part where he like gives it the flower well yeah it's like this whole build because he's like he's like oh like i'm here to steal you away yeah. and stuff and she's like no like i can't like you know right like this is like my family you know my kingdom or whatever i have to stay here even though mm-hmm. it's awful yeah um and stuff and he's like guilting her and he's like oh like you know oh right he's like, like what will i do i know like you won't come with me <laughs> like i'm like so sad and then he like 
you know, like, produces, like, this magic flower that has all these, like, flags that are yeah. so cute. Well, it's funny because he, he pops out the flower. Yeah. And she's like, oh, a flower. And then he starts, like, unfolding <laughs> all these little flags, like, the trailing after it. Yeah and, so, yeah. and I was just like, yeah, like, is this real? Like, he's, like, guilting her and then, like, you know, yeah. doing all these, like, tricks to be like, oh, like you know you said no but then like but i'm like just so into it <laughs> i'm like yes keep doing this yeah well i mean like, it also like like i don't know like it's yeah i don't know why it does not come off as creepy yeah it right just but doesn't. it just does not it, it super does, does not, not. At all. one thing also so much of it is that she's like super clearly like really into him like mm-hmm. from from day one yeah. right so it's yeah yeah i'm really cool yeah be. I don't know. Yeah. I just I wish like it him. were more like if I wish anything, I wish it were like more clear, like, you know, with like that she like is a child, you know. Right. And like Yeah, you know and... Yeah, this is something that I've been like thinking about with Car Captor Sakura too. We don't have to get into this. But there's sort of a weird like romance between like a teacher and a student who are like much like super different age groups, right? Mm-hmm. And on one hand I'm kinda like, well, like this isn't real. Right, mm-hmm. and like I understand the fantasy, like for mm-hmm. a little girl who's a crush on a teacher to like actually be with them, or mm-hmm. like like that's like I don't think that's like a bad like for like a however you know ten or eleven year old to like fantasize about mm-hmm. being married to someone who's a lot older. Like I don't think that's bad necessarily, but like mm-hmm. also it's like but yeah, the power dynamics of this are really yeah. bad. I think maybe the difference between this and that, and again, I'm not reading. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the point of view is like from the kids. Right. In this, like, again, Clarice's nothing. Nothing, yeah. It's Um, true. That's that's a a good point. Yeah, I really, like, I have no, like, definitive take on that. But yeah, it definitely, like, feels bad. mm -hmm. Like, because I'm enjoying it a lot, but then I'm always like, yikes! (laughs) (laughs) You know, um... But yeah, and I don't think this like, like it's sort of the thing is that it's. I maybe I feel like this is a bad way to put it. It's just so pedestrianly misogynistic. <laughs> like it's just so like yeah. just like kind of like, like normal. I've seen this. Yeah, like a, a thousand a times. zillion times, and it's just like you could just you know you could do so much worse than this, yeah. right? Like you could like, honestly just do. <laughs> yeah, and like it's not you know, know. like it, it isn't and like there I think there are, there's a version of this story that gives Clarice more to do that gives yeah. her more agency. I mean, and we're we're gonna and, keep watching Miyazaki movies. Yeah, which will like you know this is yeah I mean I'll see because like some of these movies I haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Some of them I've watched recently and loved you know so but yeah in general like Miyazaki has like fantastic female characters right mm-hmm. um and not just in the sense of like oh they're strong and they're powerful yeah. but like just really like not human. just fujiko <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah because like fujiko like it's, it's be, great like, but yeah. like if it was all like her you know no like, yeah that's... no it's just it's just um I mean, yeah they're just people you know and it, it's and I, yeah i don't like mizaki co-wrote this movie and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's like his fault that it's like this because it's also like the source material and yeah. and stuff like that and but you know this first one and yeah we'll but it's just that... um i don't know it's yeah like yeah. the thing is like we're like talking a lot about this but mm-hmm. like i don't have any like ill feelings towards this I, movie this movie right? is so fun <laughs> yeah yeah like i would not say like this is the best movie ever like yeah not by 
a long shot, but, like, it's just so enjoyable. When it's also just so, I mean, yeah, like, I feel like this is something tossed around with kind of genre movies a lot, but it's just so good at what it is. Mm-hmm. And just, like, and that's the thing is, like, it's, it's very, it's, it's wild to me this movie is six months or seven months because it's just so, like, I mean, yeah, I've been using, like, the word immaculate to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it's, like, the animation's, like, kind of rough around the edges, it's just, like, everything feels, like, so toned and deliberate. Yeah, and, like, the like, pacing is really sharp, mm-hmm. too. It's, like, right? stitched together, like, all the pieces, like, just perfect. It's, like, yeah. it's like a quilt. <laughs> yeah. Know. What's just even, like, and the thing is, it's also so, like, all the music is, like, synced up with stuff that happens. Like, the, the first opening shot is, the like, music is so good. it's great. Um, Is Lupin... And, you know, it's like running with the cash mm-hmm. and they like jump over stuff. And it's like, <laughs> just like the sound, you know, over that. And it recurs several. And there's just like a bunch of beats like that. Or even like, yeah. they'll be like, oh, this scene's kind of serious. And then it like switches to comic and the, mu- yeah. the music like shifts, not in like a dumb, bad way, but like yeah. in just a fun, like. And so it's so like, I just, it made me wish like so much, like just, I'm just thinking about. Marvel movies <laughs> yeah. that like just do not know how to like run this stuff with score and like mm-hmm. that score so much is just ambience, right? Yeah. When it can just bring so much character no, to it's something. The, oh, the music is incredible. And it's yeah. like this it's like this really eclectic mix yeah. of like there's like synth music, but then there'll be like these little flutes and then like a, yeah. like a it's orchestra. A, it's kind of a jazzy like, vibe overall. Yeah, but it is yeah. jazzy. Like there's like, that's, I was just noting there's like so many different like instruments and like styles and oh, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think like this movie, I mean, like, I feel like if you've like seen this movie or know anything about it, it's like, you probably know this, but like this movie was like really like inspirational, like for a lot of like filmmakers yeah and stuff even like i was watching like um the scene where they're in the clock tower and they're like going on the gears and i'm like this is like great mouse detective and then like i look you know i'm reading on wikipedia and it's like you know when they were making great mouse detective like that scene was in homage to, oh, wow. to castle yeah. of cagliostro and yeah. like you know and yeah i mean this they, is this is awkward uh now but like there's a john lasher quote on yeah, the back no, of the box i mean certainly like right super um, like you know he drew, he drew a lot from that um yeah. and like you know there's a perhaps apocryphal um you know things that like spielberg saw this and was like really into like the car chase i think know? that's i that might be apocryphal but I, i'm pretty sure i saw like a quote from spielberg <laughs> and like advertising for this movie at some <laughs> point that was like one of the greatest action movies ever made or something yeah. and like certainly the like that car chase in particular, mm-hmm. like feels like an Indiana Jones sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in yeah. a good way, and, and like obviously it's like maybe the other way around, right? But like, <laughs> yeah. but like there's definitely the, you can definitely see the lineage there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's cool. How, like this, like yeah, just like this anime movie from like the seventies, you know? It's yeah. just like how like this stuff like travels like across like countries and time well that's part of it is that it's just such a like engaging like it's just so like especially the way it's shot like so much of it is just communicated through mm-hmm. through like gesture and through yeah like like you could you could watch this movie you know in japanese without subtitles and like pretty much know what's going <laughs> probably, on probably yeah right like maybe some of the the finer details of like <laughs> the monarchy and like what are the yeah, politics the of it you would miss right yeah. but like 
But like, even, well, even that scene where Lupin realizes the bills are counterfeit, mm-hmm. he's like laughing and then like looks down at the bills that are mm-hmm. just like f- swallowing him entirely in the car. Yeah, um, and then his face just his face, goes flat. And then, you know, like it, like I, there's like, yeah, like it's still like giving that stuff like mm-hmm. a lot of visual space, right? And that's the thing is like, um, this, yeah, I get. I don't know why I'm talking about Marvel movies again, mm-hmm. but like we can never escape. We can never escape. Um, but I think like, you know, what, what makes Infinity War work for people, mm-hmm. just, you know, does not include me <laughs> as, as I firmly established many other places besides this podcast, but including this podcast, um, is not this visual stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. I, I just don't think that that movie like has this kind of well-toned, it's like all sort of in this, I don't know, like in, in some of the acting, right? In mm-hmm. like, um, in, I don't know. It's, it's like stuff. context. Right. But. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's part of the problem with these movies is so much of them rely on, um, they're not really complete emotional things by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They rely on sort of this. And sometimes even like not really fleshed out. Like I might, I don't know. Like I'm, I get that people like Bucky and like I understand it, but like also like, I don't know this man. Yeah. Just let him buy plums. <laughs> I do. I mean, Sebastian Stan is a very hot person. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. But, like, yeah. It's like, anyway. So, like, yeah. the point is that people, like, with this movie just has, like, all of this. It's just so, like, able to be communicated, right? I think that's yeah. why it, like, transcends these kinds of yeah, borders, right? Of like, it's just, you know. And I guess that maybe, you know, Infinity War does that, too. It made so much money. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of different countries went and saw that movie at the mm-hmm. very least. So, yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's about all I have to say. Yeah, I would I would say this is worth worth a watch, mm-hmm. especially like if you've if you've watched other Miyazaki movies, mm-hmm. um, you know, or other Ghibli movies and like that kind of style of animation and stuff. Yeah, like it's not the same thing. And I think there's a lot of ways in which this feels distinct from Miyazaki's later works. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it makes a difference that he's it's not his own IP. Right. Or yeah. his own creation. Um, but I do think that like like the design of sort of these assassins we were talking about earlier, oh, yeah. like that that sort of the armor and there's so much of that stuff that shows up in like Nausicaa and in later things. And it's just like if you're sort of interested in like Mizaki as a filmmaker, going back to this is I think really interesting mm-hmm. for that. Also, oh, we didn't talk about this. I do have another thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this will maybe become something we can talk about a little bit more. Mm later as we watch movies that you have not seen yeah um but i think there's sort of an interesting thread between between this and kiki's delivery service mm-hmm. and the wind rises mm-hmm. and that there's sort of this there's this dark side of europe right but it's also like this idealized like fictional kind of like idyllic yeah. thing right and like kiki's delivery service takes place kind of in this like it's not like you can't like it it, it reminds me most of germany because i've lived there right mm-hmm. but uh, but it's not really like any European yeah. place in particular. It's yeah. kind of this mishmash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wind rises. There's this whole sequence where he's in the main character is in Nazi Germany <laughs> because <laughs> he's making airplanes for the Axis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I okay. Do I want to be clear that like this movie is really aware about this stuff? And like I think there's an argument to be made that it does not go far enough. But it's not like fascists are good like that is not what that movie is about right mm-hmm. at all um but there is like basically what this person notices when he goes to europe is like brahms 
and like the beauty of this German architecture and stuff, right? Yeah. Like he's sort of completely ignorant to like what is really happening mm -hmm. in Germany at the time and like what is going on. But he finds this like beauty in sort of this. And so I think there's something that's interesting about like this, yeah, this sort of like idealized vision yeah. of what Europe looks like, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I it's don't know like, exactly how to untangle that quite I don't know. yet, It's right? like, it's gorgeous. It's like a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. It's like gorgeous on the face of it, right? And then you like find like, oh, there's like these dark things. But right. then like at the end of the movie, it's like, look, like, <laughs> yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. One is just so like, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I don't know. We'll just see how this stuff plays out because I do think there's some um, aesthetic stuff like that in like other uh, Miyazaki movies. I'm thinking like of... Whisper of the Heart, which is not, again, not directed by Miyazaki, but has, is, takes place largely in Tokyo mm -hmm. and has kind of some, you know, just moments of, like, urban beauty, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, the opening shots are a bunch of, like, traffic scenes and things like that, right? So, it's not as if, like, he isn't turning his lens, like, he's, like, condemning his own country mm -hmm. or, like, something like that, but it's just, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just kind of observing this as a thing in this movie mm -hmm. and maybe, like, once we get later into... yeah this season we'll we'll start to be able to unpack that a little bit more yeah we'll keep um, keep but, an eye out yeah um but yeah so well emma do you want to read this email we got yes we got an amazing email um so again you know our last episode we watched Sita sings the blues um when you know we were asking people like we're both white you know from christian background and you know um, we were just asking, you know, for other people's perspectives or experiences. Um, and we got an amazing email from Arjuna. Um, and so, you know, uh, he said that we could share um, it. And so I wanted to share it with people who are listening and who maybe, you know, wanted some more perspective on um, our last episode and that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he wrote that, you know, I am an American born second generation Indian immigrant to America uh, and grew up being told the story of the Ramayana. And so I really appreciated your coverage of Sita Sings the Blues. I hadn't heard of it before the podcast. I think it does a really good job of centering Sita's perspective and experiences in a way that I haven't really seen in traditional or commercial retellings before. In many retellings that I've seen or read, I feel like the story does condemn Rama's doubt of Sita. So that's, you know, one of the things we talked about. Yeah. Um, just in a way that sort of centers his story. Rama is an incarnation of Vishnu and is inherently divine and righteous because of this. However, some retellings of the Ramayana imply that Rama's doubt of Sita is sort of a fall from grace moment for him, in which he loses access to that divinity. Others portray Vishnu's mission as... Ooh, <laughs> uh, others portray Vishnu's mission as needing to kill Ravana and once that is complete the divinity leaves Rama and he begins to be capable of unrighteous things like doubting Sita I was a little surprised that Sita Sings the Blues didn't really discuss this at all but on second thought I realized that it was a good narrative choice not to because it kept the focus on Sita's slash Nina's feelings and experiences in any case, I feel like the movie was very effective at portraying how Sita's story in the Ramayana was resonant for Nina Paley, which I am very happy about. The reaction of the Hindu nationalists is, unfortunately, unsurprising to me. I don't know what Indian politics were like when this movie came out, but for the past few years, India has been having a right-wing ethno-religious nationalist wave of its own. 
I also really appreciated the movie on an aesthetic level, since the character art in both the chalk scenes and the clip art scenes felt like they channeled the style of the type of pictures you might see in ancient Hindu temples and media derived from them. Yeah, and then he said, you know, talking about, like, you know, I guess I think, you know, we talked about, like, oh, like, some of, you know, the art. Looks kind of yeah. weird to, like, our eye, I guess. Yeah. I, one of my, my yike was like, oh, these, like, weird flat boobs are, like, distracting <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Arjun has said, you know, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, but it is, you know. Um, some of the body shapes, shapes and, like, the way that looks is. Yeah, are, you know, derived, like, from ancient Hindu art. Um, and <laughs> I love this is the best the last and best sentence. Yeah. Um, mixing the use of jazz and blues and Indian music felt like a choice <laughs> intended to appeal directly to me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very happy for Arjuna that like it was like a positive experience. Um, and like it was just so cool, like yeah, you know, it's to have just, someone share that. It's with really, us. really nice to get um, to get mail and questions from people. We really appreciate uh, if you reach out, mm-hmm. um, even with, with criticism. Yeah. Although we have not had that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, perfect so, podcast. Yeah. But like, it was cool <laughs> no. just to like see like, yeah. you know, somebody who has like a different experience than us, like, you know, like watch the same movie and like, you know, talk about their yeah. experience with it. Yeah. So if you, if you have questions or comments about Castle of Cagliostro, yeah. you can feel welcome to send them in. I will try to post ahead of time when we're recording these episodes so people can send in stuff about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of which, the next movie we're going to watch is uh, Miyazaki's major breakout hit, uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Which I have not seen yet. Yeah, which is great. Um, saw it a couple years ago on film, Whoa. which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a lucky person. Um yeah, it's, it's sort of a post-apocalyptic environmentalist fable. Um, it's, I think, yeah, people sort of treat this as a first draft of Princess Mononoke, which is also, so not post-apocalyptic, but a feudal Japan environmentalist fable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really think that's an unfair characterization of this movie, which has a lot of really interesting arguments. I particularly like the way... Um, I mean, okay, how mankind's relationship with nature is framed in this movie and how political violence is framed in this movie, Mm -hmm. I think are both tremendously interesting and and wise. Um, And we'll get into it. Yeah. Watch it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, if you have any questions about Nausicaa or Cagliostro, feel free to send them and we'll talk about them on the show. Yes, we'd love to. All right, Emma, where can you find the podcast on the internet? Yeah, so you can tweet us those questions at Seasons Movie Pod on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, or you can send them to seasonspod at gmail.com. Um, you know, generally check that once or twice a week. Um, you can also just find our show um, at abnormalmapping.com slash seasonsmoviespod. Um, again, we are... It's just movie pod. Oh, seasons <laughs> movie pod. <laughs> I yeah. have misread the thing. It's all good. Um, yeah, you know, we... As always, we're super grateful to be hosted by the Abnormal Mapping Network. Um, Yeah. Uh, They do lots of cool shows. um, Like, they also do a movie podcast called Representatory Screenings. Uh, They they just watched Citizen Kane. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm sure it's great. (laughs) I've been like, I'm like, I'll listen to that podcast once I watch Citizen Kane. So we'll see if I I ever do that. (laughs) 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 But yeah, it's great stuff. You should go support them on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me, oh yeah, which is admiralmapping.com slash Patreon. 
I mean, no, patreon.com slash abnormal mapping. Wait a second. Yeah, and then you can also find them on abnormalmapping.com. You can find me on Twitter at grace underscore machine. And you can find me on Twitter at you of Wales. Yeah. Thanks so much, y'all, for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll, you know, you'll hear us next time talking about Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah. Bye.